Hello and welcome back to another episode of Fairway Evangelion, the Neon Genesis Evangelion podcast where we go through the Neon Genesis series bit by bit. My name is Keith, going through for his last time, and as always I'm joined by Peter. Hello! Who is going through for his first time. So today we went through volume 8 of the Neon Genesis Evangelion manga series, originally released December 19th, 2002, titled Mother. A disembodied Shinji drifts in visions merged with the esoteric fluids of the Evangelion. His father's long-serving lieutenant, Fiyutsuki, is kidnapped for interrogation by Seelid. Really a short and sweet description in that one. Uh, pretty just on the ball, here are the major points you need to know about. Exactly. And uh, speaking so, of on the ball, those predictions. Those predictions. A fucking spot on, my man. So first of all, no angels, not even a hint of fucking cavern in this bitch. Got that shit 100% on lock. I predict that Shinji would spend a shit ton of time in uh, LCL floating around, which he spent a month in the story and also three chapters in our perspective, so fucking on the ball for that one as well. And then I said there's mostly just going to be a lore dump with lots of backstory about Yui and shit. And that was also correct. So I am giving myself on a grade of, you know, like how I've been doing letter grades so far, give myself an A, but not just an A. An A plus, but not just an A plus. A plus plus, bitches. <laughs> Sorry, well, I got a little bit up there. One more plus, that I thought an S. Oh, that might have been an S, but I unfortunately it wasn't an S. If I wanted to be an S, I would have had to have called out the fact that uh, Ray is actually the one who brought Shinji back from the moon. Yeah, it's kind of like a mix of a few things that change up and how this one does the Shinji going four hundred percent. That being said, I just want to. Real quick, get out there and just say, it feels fucking great to be uh, 100% right about uh, an Evangelion prediction. Uh, I look forward to that feeling being taken away from me again at some point soon. Who knows, maybe even this episode's prediction, I'm going to be wrong about everything. Not only one way to find out. Skip the entire podcast, go right to the uh, prediction. I agree, Keith. Let's do this. <laughs> yeah, don't listen to this one, tune into the next one only. <laughs> Yeah, don't listen to this episode. Skip until uh, there's a part... You know what? No, we do timestamps. Uh, find the timestamp for when I do my prediction. Skip to the prediction. Listen to that. No, you know what? Don't and then immediately listen to the next episode. Don't wait the whole week. You gotta listen to it immediately. Yeah, uh, uh, fucking track us down wherever we are at that moment. Uh, force us to release the episode early so that you can listen to it. Listen to it. Then actually go back and re-listen to my prediction. Don't even listen to my prediction ahead of time. Wait and know the answer before you hear what I predict. Now we can openly mock Peter during the episode where he's getting it wrong because you already know what happens. Oh god, I hate this. <laughs> this, this has gone from a fun joke to an actual stress dream. <laughs> Don't even uh, wearing pants during all of this. It is important to note that I never wear pants during recording, so that's uh, why I wouldn't be wearing pants. Not just to stress me, I just don't wear pants while I, we record. It makes Keith very uncomfortable, uh, but I refuse to change my methods. Surprisingly does improve the audio quality, though. Yeah, you can hear the denim when I wear deep jeans. I don't know what audio quality it adds, but every time I wear pants during recording, and we do like our little audio test before we record... Uh, you're always like, sorry, I can hear the denim. Take those pants off. And I do. The gift it just gives to the listener. We're... It's been a while since we've established weird lore of us <laughs> recording the podcast. 
So maybe we should go back to talk about the plot of Evangelion and establish weird lore for that instead. That's true, we don't want them to find us. So uh, this uh, chapter uh, starts up with Shinji in his soup dream, uh, and uh. he's pretty much told the Evangelion's his mother by uh, memories of Gendo, and then Shinji stabs Gendo. Uh, yeah, uh, Shinji stabs Gendo because uh, he can't, he told him he can't. Uh, and by he, I mean Gendo. Gendo can't, I told you, you can't. Um, and, uh, then Shinji's holding a knife, and he stabs Gendo right in the, like, chest area, and Gendo bleeds. And then Shinji is with his mother, kind of. Yeah. Uh, and th this is all, I guess, a brief, this is what happened to him in 30 days type thing, and not a all at once, I guess? Like, maybe time works differently in the 400% fluid, but, uh... Yeah, Shinji essentially just going through memories and uh, killing Gendo, I guess. But uh, good on him, maybe. I, I I do gotta say, this chapter felt a little fucking Oedipal because it's all just Shinji killing his father and then trying to spend the rest of his existence inside of his mother, and it's just it's not a great look for any child, uh, but especially not Shinji because Shinji doesn't look good ever because Gendo tells us he's not allowed to look good. Hey, except in uh, Shinji Dreams, where he kills Gendo. Yeah. It's the one time I've ever had respect for Shinji. Said Gendo. That one dream that Shinji had where he murdered me. I felt respect for him in that one moment. Well, well, well. Look who finally grew a pair. And by a pair, I mean a pair of hands to hold a knife to stab me with. That's what I really care about. Uh, but uh, outside the Evangelion, uh, Ritsuko is still working on the project to try to extract Shinji. Uh, Asuka is just looking over the machine worried, but not too worried, I guess. Even though Kaji's like, man, you gotta start showing your emotions a bit more, otherwise you'll never get a boyfriend. Clearly referencing Shinji. But, like, we hear her thought process and she's not really that concerned. She's like, damn, is he gonna be liquid this whole life? Yeah, honestly, it comes across less as concern, at least for me, and more so like, just genuine curiosity. Like, is this a new life form? Do... Is it, like, just a possibility that we're just soup forever? Um, Could we all be soup? Yeah. Also, I just realized, uh, and maybe this is something I should have picked up on a long time ago, but this whole segment is very reminiscent of uh, instrumentality. Or not instrumentality itself, but, like, the post-instrumentality we see in the Evangelion anime, or end of Evangelion, where it's just everybody is soup. Um, and, except in this case, it's only happening to Shinji, so Shinji is soup, and he doesn't get to stop being soup until he makes the conscious decision to stop being soup, and so, it, it just feels very instrumentality-esque, where it's him going through this pseudo-therapy that leads to him deciding to leave the soup and go back to the real world and face all the struggles that come with it. It pretty much is, because the 400% sync ratio ultimately is his AT field is no longer functioning, so he just merges with the other life form, uh, which is the Evangelion. So, yeah. it, it definitely is a precursor, and looking at the seeds, you can see some parallels, which kind of not foreshadow, but let you know it is possible to come back, because of what happened to Shinji. Yeah. Also, you could look at it as, once Shinji has ultimate power, this is what he chooses to do, because this is something he has personally experienced. He's like, hey, it worked for me. Let's do it. Uh, not that it's really a conscious decision, but his subconscious goes through that thought process and forces it on everyone. It's great. 
Um, and then, uh, although I don't know what instrumentality looks like in the manga, so for all I know, it's just Shinji gains ultimate power, and then everyone has tits. Mari comes back. Yeah. Uh, but this conversation with Kaji also starts the chain of Kaji uh, setting things up, I guess is the best way to put it, because he's like, Oscar, you need to fight your own way. Uh, that's vague, I know, but I'll be back later. Maybe, maybe not, who knows. Bye. And then he goes and visits Misato, and he's like, hey, I brought you McDonald's. Like, literally, I bought you fucking McDonald's because you're not eating. Yeah, when's the last time you slept? When's the last time you ate? Uh, 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 sorry, when's the last time you ate a real meal? And Misato's like, that's fucking McDonald's. That does not count as a real meal. And he's <laughs> like, you gotta right, eat it before the crease gets solid. You, you gotta eat it real quick. Put, put it in your mouth. Put it in your body. And then she gets real pissed off, which makes sense. And so uh, he tries to calm her down uh, by forcibly kissing her, which she's into for a second and then immediately not into. Because um, he probably felt him reaching around in her pocket. Oh, did he put that in her pocket? Yeah. Uh, the way I read that scene later on, I thought he had it in his mouth, and then when he was kissing her, he pushed it into her mouth, and rather than calling <laughs> him out on it... She was just, like, pissed about other stuff, and then, like, didn't think about it. <laughs> Wait a second, he just slipped something into my mouth. Oh, well, it's probably not important. <laughs> I'll address this later. <laughs> Meanwhile, After I know he's dead! <laughs> no, because if you look at her pocket in the scene later on, you can see the case that she had that the microfilm thing was in. That makes sense. Also kind of explains why she's so, uh, I guess, out of it from the situation, and not so much of, uh, hey, there's a pill inside my mouth now. I, I did have some genuine questions about the whole pushing a pill into his mouth, but that does make some amount of sense. Yeah. Anyways, Shinji's surrounded by fish. Uh, there is one other thing I actually do want to address real quick before we get into uh, the next part, and that's that Misato throws her burger at Kaji to get him to leave and then catches it and then eats it. Yeah? Yeah. So? I, I just wanted everyone to know that, that she did that with the McDonald's hamburger. Keith, there's something you need to understand about the world and that's that McDonald's hamburgers have the, uh, like, rough texture and, like, connectivity and solidity of a rubber ball, so it's actually very easy to throw one at someone and then catch it as it bounces off of their back. Uh, so so eating it, I don't know if I would go for eating it after that. Kaji's back is presumably filthy, uh, given that he spends most of his time on his back, from what I can tell. That's fair. Um, but what you're telling me is that the grease solidified. Yes. Also, in case anyone is unclear, yes, I was just slut-shaming Kaji. 100%. <laughs> Yeah, let's get back to Shinji and those fish. Yeah, Shinji is surrounded by fish, and also his naked mother, who yeah. looks an awful lot like Ray. Don't worry about it. That hasn't exactly been given away yet. Yep. I don't know why Ray's there and acting like his mother. Yep. Um. And she tells him that like they're gonna be together forever, and he's like, "But I have to go pilot Nima," and she's like, "No, fuck that. Literally every human ever has told you that you have to do this." But they're taking advantage of you. Just do what you want, which is 
be at peace. <laughs> be with Feel Fish and Stab Gendo. Those are the only two things you've been doing for the last 30 days, Shinji. Don't tell me when to get back in the robot. <laughs> you literally are having constant stress dreams about your father either forcing you in the robot or not letting you in the robot. Clearly you need to remove both elements from your life. Do not go back to Gendo. Do not go back to the robot. Just live on your own forever. Trust the fish. Uh, at the same time, Kenda's hanging up with Ray. Uh, and this is Ray 3 at this point. I assume she died during the Zerio fight. Uh, oh, no, it's still Ray 2. Oh, it is? Okay. Um, that makes sense, I guess, because she still seems to have her attachments to uh, Shinji. Because yep. Gendo tries to be like, hey, let's let's be friends again. And she slaps his hand away, and she's like, do you even care about Shinji? I have to go. Uh, and then she thinks about Shinji some more, and about how... It's weird, because she used to only have her... Well, she has an empty hole inside of her that makes her feel less than human, like she's made of straw. Uh, and she used to try and fill that hole with Gendo, but recently, without her even trying, her hole has been filled by Shinji. And as she has that thought... Uh, Child Protective Services are called on both Gendo and Shinji. That makes sense. Although, brave of you to assume Gendo doesn't also own Child Protective Services. That's fair. Child Protective Services services are called on Shinji. Gendo uh, both owns them, so they're not going to get called on him, and also owns them, so they're absolutely getting called on Shinji. <laughs> Take this disappointment away from me. He's causing mental harm. Yeah. Uh, and then they uh, the salvage project. Yeah, they're determined to try and uh, pull Shinji out. So, for the month that he's been in LCL, they also, at the same time, the entry plug has also been inside of the Ava. Uh, so they are attempting to retrieve the entry plug, open it up, and use, like, electromagnetic waveforms uh, to, like, re-solidify him. But don't worry, this isn't new science. This is old science that they tried almost a decade ago, and it failed back then. So it's it'll probably wrong succeed. science. Yeah, but it will probably succeed this time. All we know for sure is that if it succeeds this time, then that means there's actually 50-50 odds for it to succeed. And honestly, I would take 50-50 odds. 50-50 if, if it fails this time, then there's 100% odds of it failing. And why the fuck would they ever try something with 100% odds of failing? So obviously that's not what's happening. They're trying something with a 50-50 odds. You gotta look at it with that uh, retroactive backwards logic there, Keith. <laughs> Is there any other way? No, there isn't. Um, uh, the one thing I'm not too sure about this one for is... He gets visited by, like, Ghost Misato, Ritsuko, Kaji, and his father in Asuka. I'm like... Are these, like, pre-recorded messages they're sending into the machine to try to lure out Shinji? Like, what specifically is this salvage thing doing? And is Shinji just imagining these people, or is there something else going on? It, it definitely comes across, like, the timing of it makes it feel like uh, it's uh, some sort of message they're piping in. Just because of the fact that as Misato's standing there trying to open it up, Misato shows up in the fucking dream. But the messaging that's coming across... Definitely makes it feel a lot more like it's Shinji having more stress dreams. Yeah. Because none of them are making a cogent argument for him leaving. They're all just making an argument of, hey, you haven't suffered nearly enough yet. Come on out and suffer some more. 
some vague you're the chosen one vibes. Yeah. And yeah, the, the reason I go, I think this is just in Shinji's head because there's no way Gendo's <laughs> taking the time to record a message for Shinji. Yeah, no. And then Asuka's like supportive, like, we both gotta kill angels. No, that's not Asuka. Asuka wants all the angel kills to herself. Asuka's message would definitely be, I have to kill the angels. You need to watch so I can prove that I'm better. Get out of here so you can also, be the number one member of my fan club. Also, the message that, like, supposedly comes from Gendo, if this is being piped in, is look reality in the face, don't turn away. And that is not what Gendo would say. Gendo would say, fuck you, get back to work. Yeah. You don't see me slacking off inside the giant robot. Mumbles to himself that he would if he could, though. So anyway, Shinji's stress dream causes him to reject the idea of returning to humanity and leaving Monkey. So, uh, they decide to try and cancel the operation. Uh, and Shinji but, says, fuck you, I spill Shinji everywhere. Uh, yeah, so they can't cancel the operation, it's been overridden, and the goop opens and the LCL spills everywhere, including Shinji's clothes. And then we get, uh, something new to this version that's not in the original, and that's the ghost fight between Rei, the Eva, and Yui, I guess it is, because Rei's like, no, not like this type deal. Then she goes into, like, a closed-eye trance, and then Yui's face, or the, sorry, not Yui, uh, the strange-looking Rei woman inside, uh, the soup face starts melting. Yeah, it starts melting into the fucking, uh, Evangelion's face. Yeah, which uh, is an interesting thing, because this kind of implies that the Ava's not just purely Yui, which, up to this point, in most other forms of the series, uh, you would kind of look at it like, oh, it's just Yui's will, that's not in full control of this husk, in a sense. But this one does certainly imply that there's not just Yui inside, there's obviously the cloned Ava, essentially, which is also part of Rey, in a sense. Yeah, there, there is some Yui, there is some Shinji, and there is very clearly some Ava itself inside there as well. Yeah, and that Ava was trying to keep Shinji there, and then when Rei psychically kicks its ass, I guess, or at least spooks Shinji into seeing the real form, he breaks free, or breaks Yui free from it, and then is able to, I guess, get a motivational speech from his mother? Uh, yeah, so... Uh, this is when he has the realization that the Ava isn't exactly his mother, and he's like, you're not her! Uh, Mom, help! And then he has the vision of, uh, his mother, like, leaving the Ava, and then, uh, this one actually looks like his mom. It doesn't just look like Ray, uh, for weird reasons that he still hasn't seemed to have called attention to. Yeah. Um, and then, in a scene that's very reminiscent, once again, of End of Evangelion, Shinji wakes up on a beach, except this time, uh, the beach contains, uh, his mother breastfeeding himself, uh, and Gendo, uh, sorry, <laughs> she's only breastfeeding Shinji, Gendo is just there at the same time, <laughs> sorry, I realized that could have a very different connotation if you didn't Man, there's so many psychological up. things to unpack in this scene. But yeah, she, uh, I actually, uh, like the speech she kind of gives Shinji here, because it's kind of like what Shinji's been missing, if you think about it, in a lot of different things. Where it's like, hey, you can come here and like have that peaceful life that you do want, but maybe the reason you're still looking for that peaceful life is because it's not here. It's somewhere else. Yeah, and I also really like the like memory-slash-conversation he witnesses uh, 
Kendo and Yui having where Kendo's like, we live in a post-impact world. This is a hell we're literally raising our son into. And Yui's response is, no, this isn't hell. And honestly, if Shinji chooses to live in it, he has the potential to turn it into a form of heaven. Uh, and that's essentially the, like, argument she's not directly making to him, but the, like, argument where Shinji is getting from this is, if you go back, you might be going back to suffer, but if you keep persevering, you might create a situation where you won't have to suffer and no one has to suffer. Yeah. But you're going to have to fucking work for it. You're going to have to persevere. Yeah. And then this ultimately leads to Shinji following the scent of Misato uh, to get out of the LCL and reform himself. So, as opposed to the anime version uh, in this one, Ray kind of like beats the Ava up and holds the door open, and then Shinji gets out due to like following the path made by Misato, I guess. Yeah. And then Ritsuko's like, ha I knew it, bitches, 50%. Uh, also, Kaji oh, no. is doing his suspicious thing again of, oh, last one's in the pack. Yeah, it's the, I'm out of cigarettes, this is the end of my storyline. My work here is almost done. Wait a second, the nerve, the nerve logo is red, like blood. Also, I love fucking... Uh, Fiyutsuki walking through a hall and be like, man, it's so weird. Gendo's son is back, and he hasn't even gone to see him. Like, Fiyutsuki hasn't interacted with Gendo any point up until now, and doesn't understand that Gendo is not the kind of person who's going to go check on his son while he's in the hospital. She's been in the hospital multiple times already! Gendo has not once checked in on him. Why is Fiyutsuki so weirded out about the fact that Gendo isn't checking on him this time? Maybe Fiyutsuki's eyesight's just so bad that he keeps mistaking Rei as his son. Yeah, I, I, my he always visits his son in that glowing underground place when he puts him in the tube, and they seem to get along fine. I don't know what this Shinji problem's about. Also, I don't know why, but like Shinji sometimes has like a light blue hair, and other times has black hair. Does he Must have like, face or something? Yeah, he's probably dyeing his hair. Ought to be youthful. Anyways, Shinji wakes up in a hospital bed uh, while Futsuki is being kidnapped. And sees Ray and thanks her for. Well, no, he doesn't see sees Ray. He silently just gets up, rushes to the door, swings it open. He's like, "Ray, thank you." Yeah, he knew Ray was in the hall, uh, and is me like, "All right, thanks, babe." And she's like, "What are you thanking me for?" He's like, "I don't fucking know. I just know I owe you a thank you." When you psychic karate chop my mom robot. Uh, and so then Misato realizes that Fuji's been kidnapped, and this is definitely a problem. Because uh, they know Kaji's the one who did it. Yeah, they know Kaji did it, so they have to take her gun to make sure she doesn't do anything working with Kaji. Yep, and then we get the flip where Sile is no longer pretending to be the uh, security council. Uh, effectively, they are now 100% Sile, and they got some shit to do. And that's asking Futsi a bunch of questions, and then we get a bunch of flashbacks to the Gendo meeting Yui storyline and uh, a few things after instrumentality. Yeah, uh, or second impact. Yeah, um, this one, from my perspective, seems to play out pretty much the exact same as the anime. Um, yeah. We see uh, Fuyutsuki's a teacher who teaches Yui. Uh, he becomes quite fond of Yui. He ends up uh, bailing out Gendo, 
finding out that Gendo's involved with Yui. He does not approve, but whatever. So, uh, very much the same story to the part where he ends up finding out that Gendo seems more interested in Siri than Yui itself. Yeah, the only thing to uh, say was removed from the original anime one was there's a brief scene when Gendo finds Futsuki again uh, before they go down to the Arctic after uh, the impact when he was working in like a small village as a doctor and then he kind of yeah. recruits him. That's the only scene that's missing. Um, there's another slight uh, scene missing a bit later on. It's not in this initial flashback. I think it's in one of the later flashbacks. Um, and it's uh, when they're talking about how the whole uh, Girahim or whatever it was called is reformatted into Nerf. Um, they show Dr. Akagi dead, but they don't actually show or choke out Ray. But it is confirmed in the later scene when fucking Ritsuko chokes out Ray, and then she's like, "Oh God, I'm just like my mother." Uh, yeah, so and, like, it, and it's uh, she goes off for a lot less than uh, Ritsuko did in the anime because all Ray fucking says is, "You like a, a, a Doctor uh, Kari as well, don't you?" Yeah, it's uh, Ritsuko sees fucking Shinji and Ray holding hands. And Ritsuko, like, pulls Rei into a separate room, takes some of her blood, and it's like, you know, it's weird. You used to only care about, uh, Gendo, but it seems like you kind of care about Shinji now. And Rei's like, yeah, but you also only care about Gendo, from what I could tell. And Ritsuko's being like, oh, fuck, I gotta choke a bitch out, don't I? And, like, fully goes for the kill and pulls herself back at the last second. And she's like, you know what, Rei? Be careful about what you say. Including... Don't say this happened to fucking anyone. I'm responsible for you staying alive. I wouldn't risk that by sassing me. Yeah, I was gonna say, uh, after all of these flashbacks, which ends with the uh, death of uh, Naoko, uh, Ritsuko's mother, then it's just Kaji goes into the CLA chamber room and then just frees Fusuki. He's like, I just realized that you guys are actually doing way better than CLA does. I know you can hear me, CLA. It just fucking leaves with them. Yeah, it's, uh, I killed all the guards outside, uh, because as I've explained multiple times, my only goal is to find the truth. And you guys are doing a lot better job of getting to the truth than fucking CLA is. CLA's clearly been obscuring the truth the entire time. It's like, do you have to wonder if, like, that was, like, a requirement from Geta? It's like, okay. I'll forgive you from kidnapping Fuyutsuki if when you rescue Fuyutsuki, you just brag about how much better I am than Sile. Man, Gendo's doing so much better than all these stupid idiots in Sile. Gendo's so smart. It's <laughs> just loudly being there. Gendo's so strong and handsome and powerful. And also, I feel like I need to mention this while I rescue Fuyutsuki, but Shinji fucking sucks, man. We need you there to keep Shinji on a shorter leash. Man, Seelay can't keep Shinji under wraps. Yeah. Seelay is incapable of stopping Shinji. We need a powerful, handsome man like Gendo who's wise and brilliant and handsome. Really, Seelay should just retire and make Gendo Seelay 1 through 13. Yeah. Anyways, uh, next chapter, fucking Kaji gets shot in front of a fan. Yep. Classic Kaji dying spot. Except for the one time oh. he did it in a helicopter. Yeah. But yeah, uh, he uh, gets shot, and then he has visions of his brother and friends visiting him as he dies. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, as soon as he's been shot, uh, the security team's like, Hey, by the way, Kaji's dead, so we don't have to worry about you anymore. Here's your gun, Masato. 
And she takes it back. Yeah, she asks about what happened to him, but uh, he's like, oh, no idea. And she pretty much puts it together. And then we get the voicemail scene where, uh, I guess, Kajis never gets the melons in this one. Yeah. It's unfortunate. Yeah. And Asuka's pretty sure something's up, but Misato won't tell her. And even Shinji kind of figures out what's going on, which was never a thing before. But uh, because he gets the context of Kaji left a voicemail, Misato is crying, and Shinji knows what Kaji was doing. He's like, I'm never going to see Mr. Kaji again. Yeah. He, like, he even to Asuka, because Asuka grabs him, she's like, Tell me who the fuck sh uh, fucking Kaji is! I love him so much more than I'll ever love another man! And she's just like, I don't fucking know. I was in LCL for a month and then in a hospital. I literally just became a part of modern events again. I was living my okay soup life for 30 days, Asuka. Uh, and then the moment he walks away from Asuka, he's like, yeah, Kaji's fucking dead for sure. No way I can tell Asuka that, though. She would fucking kill me. She's 100% a shoot-the-messenger type of person. Can't tell her Kaji's dead, and then I would be dead. I didn't get her a soup just to die by fucking Asuka's hands. And then uh, we get a cut to Misato now teaming up with Makoto to get information, finding out about the mass production Ava's being made, and asking him to go look into more information. And then we get the, the brief scene showing uh, that she has the makeup kit with the microfilm thing in it, and we can see that it's in her pocket in the flashback. Ah... Uh. See, I missed that one panel of it being in her pocket. Yeah. I thought she had put it in the makeup kit to hide it for herself. It's, so what it was, me looking at it, uh, I want you to pull up this page. Um, 356, if you're reading the Omnibus. For everyone at home, so you can read along with me. The panels, though, if you missed the one of the makeup kit in her pocket, it is her holding the microfilm in her hand, and then it is Kaji kissing her, Kaji looking back at her, her with her hand over her mouth, and then her holding the pin in front of her chest. And so, from my perspective, it looked like Kaji Kisser looked back and smiled. She held her hand in front of her mouth, and then pulled it out of her mouth and held it in front of her. That is why I read that as <laughs> Kaji kissed it into her mouth. Oh, it would have made a lot more sense, I think, but, uh, yeah, he just slipped into her pocket. I mean, yeah, he would I have had to that know one that... fucking panel. Yeah, I guess the, the, the other issue uh, with it being he just kisses it to her is he had to have had it in his mouth the whole time knowing he was going to do that. Yeah. Anyways, Risco's cat's dead. Yeah, it's clearly not Kachi. Yeah. And then Asuka gets a phone call from her adoptive mother, uh, and Shinji just like, oh, you seem to be enjoying that. And then she spills a bit about, like, oh, I don't really care. She's not my real mother, blah, blah, blah. Wait, why the fuck am I telling you any of this? Fuck off, Shinji. Uh, and then she goes into her bed and softly says, Mommy, to herself. And then that's the end of the volume. Yep. Get ready for the next one where uh, fun stuff happens that I'm about to perfectly predict once we finish the wrap up for this one, I promise. <laughs> Uh, another good volume uh, at this point, too. Uh, always sad to see Kaji go, but uh, I feel like there's a lot more impact in this version of Kaji, so his death hits a little bit harder, I guess. Yeah, it feels a lot more significant this time around. But this one, like, in previous versions, it feels like it's almost, like, guaranteed that it's Sile, 
but this one plays it off in a way it's like maybe it's not like it might have just been Genda who just doesn't see any use in them anymore and that was the payment he had to give Sile to get them to stop actively going after him yeah and also I think Misato does the the Misato Kaji thing I feel like plays a lot better in the manga because in the anime they kind of re-enter into a relationship but this one feels a little bit more true to their characters where they didn't get back together and he just kind of admits that he does still love her and gives her the information and then dies. Yeah, it's, I always loved you, but also based on previous conversations we've had together and conversations I've had with Shinji alone, the reader can take away that while I loved you, I didn't feel that's what either one of us wanted or really deserved from life, so I never tried to pursue it after that. Yeah. So in a way, uh, Misato's quest is kind of fueled by the fact that she has always been fueled by the revenge for her father, and now Kaji's death kind of motivates her to get the truth, essentially. Yeah. And, and I do feel like, now that we're past the halfway mark, uh, I don't think usually any of the back half stuff tends to be, like, poorly done. Not to say like there's like the anything in the first half is done poorly, but it's because it's that non-stop part of the story that like everything's just building up constantly upon it themselves. It's never like a dull moment in the story at this point from moving forward. Yeah, it's banger after banger. Except in this series, banger one of the two bangers is going to be trauma. Yeah. It's banger after banger, but it's really trauma after events happening, but also dealing with the trauma that happened in the previous event. Yeah, cool or traumatic, you only get two. Yeah. Sometimes you get a mix together, and that's a little sweet spot. But yeah, uh, with that, let's wrap up this episode then. So, as always, these episodes go up every Wednesday on all podcasting platforms, so you can find us on YouTube as well, so make sure to check those out. Like, favorite, subscribe, leave a review, tell a friend. Word of mouth definitely helps with passing the podcast along. We also, if you want to reach us, you can send us an email, whatismypodcastabout at gmail.com. And we also have the Instagram page, Fairway Evangelion, where we update on a regular basis about facts about the series, new episodes going up, polls, and little tidbits as we go through in chronological order to where we're at in the podcast as well, so no need for worrying about spoilers on that one. And, as always, Peter, what can we expect on the next volume of Neon Genesis Evangelion, Volume 9? Alright, so, as predicted, trauma. Based on how this one ended, Oscar trauma. Probably Hallelujah Beam Angel showing up and fucking ruining Oscar's day again. I forget its name. Uh, and then, because we went a whole volume without angels, we're gonna get a second angel in the form of Karu's gonna show up. Because Oscar's, you know, uh, useless after Hallelujah Beam. So Karu shows up to take over for Oscar. And plenty of fan service. I, that's what I just described. Karu showing up is fan service.